Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Horror Bites on Savory, the show where we highlight short indie horror games and the people who make them. I'm stuck in a nightmare town and he's trapped in a nightmare house. Together we are Neil Bolt and Jay Krieger. How goes it, Jay? Hey man, doing well. This week we are re-entering the world of survival horror. We're striking demo from Poland and then we're playing wannabe detective on or in the wrong side of town. Uh, these games can be found on Itch.io and if you play them and enjoy them make sure you give them the sacrifice of a few coins from your inventory or simply follow the projects of the developers so first this week uh horror game fans may already be familiar with this one as it's been making the rounds on social media in recent weeks an intriguing take on survival horror from poland jay please tell us all about the demo for holston yeah so holston is from polish developer sonka and The premise of a sleepy town being consumed by an ominous presence may sound familiar, but Holston's approach to gameplay and perspective uh, I found to be anything but, and it's mostly Mm. the reason why this has been making the rounds on social media. Um, So this game's demo is broken into two chapters that are highlighting two different sort of gameplay styles that then in the final game will be, you know, pushed into one singular experience. Um, So the first section of the demo is more of the puzzle-centric nature of things. So this game mode has an isometric world rotation that's not unlike uh, Fez, where you can yeah. literally shift the the world or the section of the world that you're exploring at a given moment, which, you know, to some might sound like, oh, it's kind of like this gimmicky thing, but really, you know, it allows you to open the world up in more ways to access them to help you solve puzzles and whatnot. So yeah. basically, if I enter a room... I'm not seeing the room in its entirety just from that one perspective. You really do have to kind of just swivel the world a couple of times for every time you enter a new room or a new section of an environment because that reveals new parts of the environment that then can be interacted with and either give you supplies or clues or just a puzzle, basically. So that section of the demo is focused on puzzle and exploration, and you're going through this house that has some kind of tentacle growth going on throughout it that basically blocks the player's ability to progress through the house 
And it's up to them to figure out ways around that or to make the uh, tentacles basically retract so that way they can then progress to like the second story of the house. Um, So the first puzzle that you come across is basically the staircase is blocked by tentacles and it's up to the player to basically teach themselves that light sources will make them retract. So you have to start managing light sources in an environment. You have to find light bulbs that you can then put into other, you know, lamps and whatnot. But then, of course, with light management, you have to worry about power and you have to allocate power to different parts of the house. And it was a really interesting primer, I think, for where Holston grows in with its puzzles. So you have these environmental traversing puzzles, and then you have the more sort of survival horror centric nature of puzzles. Like you come across a statue at one point, you have to fill a jar that it's holding with water, and then you have to put something in that jar to actually trigger it to kind of solve the puzzle. So it was a nice balance of traditional survival horror puzzles, but then also um, something that's a little more environmentally based, even if it, you know, it's not exactly uh, like platforming, environmental traversal or anything like that. But it's nice to see the puzzles themselves kind of replacing almost like the um, the Resident Evil thing of like, oh, there's 10,000 different keys, 10,000 different locked doors, which I think helps Holston to kind of carve out its own identity of this yeah. world and making it have its own sort of... Um, I suppose, stake in survival horror instead of it just feeling maybe derivative because, you know, that can be an issue sometimes, right? When you have these survival horror games, they kind of, they have the fundamentals down, but those fundamentals are almost too familiar to games that they are basically acting as a homage to. So I would say right off the bat, Holston definitely is leaning into the more unique sort of Euro horror style um, that maybe feels a little cosmic at times, but at the same time, you know, based on my favorite uh, Euro, kind of like Eastern European horror games where there's kind of a general weirdness to it. Because, again, there's this presence that's taking over the town and whatnot and seeing how that affects uh, the residents and whatnot in various ways is both uh, humorous and horrifying at times. Mm. Um, I guess in regards to that puzzle and exploration section before I go into combat, how did Holston, uh, what kind of impression did it leave on you? Oh, yeah, I mean even before getting to the combat, um, it was really good for the atmosphere. You know, just mm. the way it's everything presented in that pixel style, the detail. You know, yeah. I mean, as much as you, we sort of just said there about, you know, how it's managed to avoid feeling derivative of other things, it, you can still pick out the individual things it's taken and made its own, you know, like mm-hmm. that, you know. It, it's a little bit Silent Hill and atmosphere. It's a bit more Resident Evil in combat. It's a bit more... Um, yeah, like stuff like the Fez stuff, like you said, but also kind of reminiscent of Darkwood, I think. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Especially in how, you know, using a fixed perspective, if you will, mm-hmm. and obscuring things just because based on your personal viewpoint in that moment mm-hmm. is um, similar to that, which um, you know, I think is smartly done, as you said. It really is something that um, makes you pay attention to the scenery a bit more. No, because you don't get to see everything, and yeah, I think yeah, I I was really intrigued in those early moments with the apartment demos because yeah, it just set everything up nicely, rich in atmosphere, and I think you know together, you know, it, it works. You know, you know when you get to the combat one, it's a very different situation, but it's still yeah, you know, from everything you've learned from that first part, it's fine. It, it yeah. works. 
it, it is a real gel together sort of experience, which is good because you know as it, as it stands, it's probably more of a vertical slice type kind of thing at this point. Yeah, but you know that tone, that atmosphere, this dread feeling mm. you get from it, I think it's just consistent throughout. The graphics too, I absolutely love. Oh. Not only the pixel art style, which is so highly detailed, but I would say almost more importantly, what really makes it pop in a way that makes it uh, yeah. unique in utilizing that art style is the lighting. There's some really terrific dynamic lighting that I think really does capture the mood and atmosphere that you've been talking about, right? Because you're exploring this apartment basically during a thunderstorm or a rainstorm and the way in which light like plays a factor in that, yeah, in the house got, itself is it's really It's got great. dynamic lighting in this game, which is the, the great trick about it. Using pixels with something like that is you know, one of those great things that we get to see with technology moving on as it does, where you can have more of these games that evoke a classic style, but you can modernize them, yeah. I mean, visually pretty stunning. Um, and then yeah. the fact that once you get into the combat side of things, which takes you down to this basically like a tunnel system, and then you kind of encounter this guy that has, um, he's basically built a museum that teaches you the fundamentals of the game, right? With combat yeah. and whatnot. So um, the perspective shift then goes from being that isometric when you're moving to then snapping third person over the shoulder, a la like Resident Evil 4, uh, when it comes to combat. And, you know, at first I was kind of like, okay, is this then going to be like the action side of things, which, you know, we've talked a lot about. Resident Evil and having that shift from more traditional survival horror to now action horror. And with something like Holston, that would have been worrisome, I think, because then you have two halves of one experience, right? Yeah. Where one is more classical and then one is more action-oriented. And I was relieved to find that combat in the combat portion of Holston is much more in line with survival horror, despite a third person over the shoulder, because yeah. you really do have to worry about your stamina bar. So everything that you do, whether it's kicking an enemy, whether it's running, of course, and then even firing a gun eats away at your stamina bar. So you really do have to juggle that sort of give and pull of, okay, am I going to sneak through this environment past these monsters, these people that have been basically turned into a creature that can either just kind of run up on you and grab you and hit you, or some of them are almost like the Iron Maidens from Resident Evil, right? Where they yeah. have these spikes that jettison out of them. So you have to be wary of the different types of monsters you're encountering. But I found combat to be satisfyingly destructive, while at the same time, you can't go into combat typically as your first sort of uh, solution to enemy encounters. Because, you know, early on in that tutorial, it's like, okay, here's one enemy, Here's two enemy, but then very quickly you come into zones where there's four or five. Yeah. And, you know, you have to keep in mind that stamina bar in combat, not that it doesn't become a viable option, but it becomes uh, a risky gamble that, you know, can either yes. pay great dividends or it can bring an end to that current run. Yeah, it can. I think it replicates the intensity you want you know, from the yeah. situation whilst, as you said, employing uh, caution you know, when necessary. Uh, yeah. It's really smart looking the way it just flips into that view. And um, I think, again, sort of echoing that balance it has between being the two kinds of survival horror, if you will, the psychological side and the action side. And you know, it's almost telling that, you know, the, the main character has the Leon jacket, you know, in terms of style. And actually in both games this week, um, they're, they're wearing the jackets of, you know, famous survival horror uh, characters. So it's uh, it was a 
quite a cool little nod in that section to that. Um, yeah, but I, I think if they can break that up the right way and just have those moments be like almost set pieces, they, they would really just balance the whole thing out nicely because um, I think there should be probably like a 70-30 balance in favour of atmosphere building and you know puzzling and maybe a bit of uh, action if you want to sort of get the right deal. I mean, I like this sort of new era of these you know, survival horror games that understand what came before, loves it, but wants to do something fresh with it and you know, whilst having the right callbacks. I mean, the most obvious example compared to this in the modern age would be Signalis, I suppose, where it takes very clear elements from several games um, of that era and you know, right down to like the Crimson Head style you know, burn on system. But also, yeah, but, but the perspective in both of these games is you know, key in um, how it sort of presents its horror. So yeah, I, um, I mean, Christ, this game is anything half as good as Signalis turned out then. Boy, yeah, it'll turn out to be quite a treat. I'd imagine we won't see this till next year, at least. Yeah, I, so. I think they have said on their Steam page it's quarter one, 2024, but I would bet it gets pushed to quarter two, just because, again, you know, they have, clearly they have that perspective shifting and snapping is yeah. so fluid and so impressive. But I think to your point, it's really going to be the kind of case where it's, what does that breakdown look like? Is it 70 30? Is it 60 40? And I think that that is probably going to be the thing that they're juggling the most because you really yeah. do want to have that balance to the degree that you can let the unique element shine as bright as it can while at the same time um, finding a balance in terms of gameplay experiences that actually really work for the story they're trying to tell. Um, because that would be the most distinctive difference between the two is that while you do have uh, character interactions and a little bit of world building in the combat portion, hmm that environment was a little more restrictive to facilitate combat. So it's not going to be as ideal, I would think, for telling the story and building that atmosphere. Granted, you're trying to avoid getting, you know, skewered with spikes and whatnot. It's hard to soak in the atmosphere yeah. when you got that coming at your face. Yeah. I mean, what might be good here is to break it down into sections. Yeah. If there's one trick you can take from like modern versions of survival horror games, it's that, yeah, they do tend to do that a bit where, yeah, you know, okay, you've done that section, you don't need to come back to this bit for a while and then like that and just break it up into chunks. I think that's where these two sections are really showing that. That you could sort of pace them out and you know work on each chunk, tell a coherent story as a result, because you don't you, you can dictate then when you're having the quieter moments, the puzzling moments, and when you're gonna have the combat moments and they don't have to be equal in size, they can be peppered throughout and it's, it's there the the template is there and, I, and i'm very very curious to see um how it goes i almost don't want to see any more of it in terms of the game no more demos or anything like that and just bring it out when it's out and let it be fresh again because i think if you overexpose this especially the combat side with that wonderful sort of perspective shift gimmick yeah you know how people are it will just lose its you know pizzazz and uh, yeah, it's but so I'm liking this in recent weeks. We are seeing this with horror games from indie developers with neat gimmicks, neat ideas, really just getting shared around by people who you know in the horror community more, you know, beyond like um, Herc, you know, who's 
done such a great job. I mean, he's now getting to a point where his recommendations and they're getting shown everywhere, and people in other circles I know are seeing that and picking up on it. It's great. I'm loving that. And uh, in the end, means good things for the, those kind of developers. I mean, when we were talking a while back about games like Gradle Incident, you know, where you know it's a viral game, a game that's showing up. Those are the games that showed up on like TikTok and whatever, and in small clumps. And this has had a bit of that, but already you can see it's so much more. You know, there, there is weight to it. They've put out the demos for people to play, and that's the confidence it has. And it's a world away in terms of difference. And I hope. We get more of that now, where people are a bit more aware of, oh, I don't know, this looks good on a gameplay level, not just, oh, they've made it look good in that sort of movie trailer style way of where it could be good. So yeah, brilliant, Oops, uh, brilliant uh, little demos. And yeah, hopefully there'll be more. Uh, we'll know more about it very soon. Um, we'll take a short break before we open the door to our second pick. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm your inner dream monologue, and you're fast asleep, so I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, welcome back. We're on to the second pick. Princess of the Night does sound like the name for a horror game, but probably not the one we get from developer culture. In Princess of Night, a wannabe detective named Princess is out to solve the mysterious disappearance of people in a nearby town. Unfortunately, they stumble into something surreal and otherworldly in this town. Now, we were just talking about a game that sort of evoked certain things without really pushing too far into homaging it. On a different level, you know, because this is a sort of complete experience, you know, a half hour game or in our traditional sort of horror bites mold. Um, it is a, an interesting mix because Silent Hill is the first thing that naturally comes up. Like, like I said, right down to the outfit of the, of the princess, which is, you know, the, the whole uh, jeans and uh, jacket of uh, Harry Mason. Um, but it's also got this Silent Hill 2 thing, which is um, very much reminis you know, reminiscent of the, the 
descent through the holes thing you know that goes on in that game you know there's a lot of that here and i think two things have to come out about this game straight away then one is it's another game after last week where you see perspectives in the old sort of fixed camera style but through you know video recordings and um security cameras which is really cool um yeah so that was nice to see another game trying that so soon you know i think this only came out like a week ago uh from when we recording this um so yeah there's that but then the second thing is it really does just play into this sort of trippy you know ambiguous thing which sometimes it's hard to tell if it's deliberate to mask you know things they're not very confident in making or if it is you know nudge nudge wink wink into making this feel very unreal and uncomfortable there's a bit about, I think it's about halfway through where like you know the princess walks along an area and the floor disappears out from underneath them and then they're stood there for like a second like you know fucking wily coyote style <laughs> yeah. and yeah. then they fall like that in a really weird way but it works you know kind of it's it's feels unnatural but also for everything else that's going on in this game kind of works nicely it's really hard to get a read on what the game's doing beyond that though you know, there's lots of stuff to pick up in the inventory lots of you know little puzzly bits that are there you know but yeah it's it feels like the beginning of something rather than a full game I think yeah, it's the best way to put absolutely. it. Those last sort of 10, 15 minutes are very, you know, just like not quite sure what else to do here yet mm-hmm. sort of thing. And do at least leave it open to make it into something better, you know, and bigger. So, you know, it's probably not fair on it that, you know, we, we paired it with, you know, a demo for a game, which is, you know, doing something a bit you know bigger. It's probably a bigger production anyway in terms of who's involved and, all that but yeah there's there's plenty to like it you know, i think it's just clear that there's more that's needed to make the ideas sort of be fleshed out somewhat don't you think absolutely and i think that from a gameplay perspective it's quite polished in the sense that it has this scope of this world and the perspectives yeah. that you mentioned um that has some size to it and also you know the way in which puzzles are incorporated once you go down into the catacombs of that uh, basically a church, I believe, or a cathedral, yeah. and you're exploring and whatnot. It's well put together and well structured. Um, and, you know, I was impressed with sort of the staples that you would have from a survival horror game where, you know, you've got this mm. extensive inventory, you get to go through all these little notes and memos that you find, start to piece together the type of story this game is trying to tell. I think for me, where it probably falls apart a little bit and could use more polish is mostly sort of just the narrative and sort of the type of story that they're trying to tell. And I would say almost that carries over to like the scares and the horror aspect of things. Right. So there's like Mm. clearly this priest that is either killed a young girl that's haunting the town or something along those lines that feel, you know, very silent Hill esque, but there's not a real sense of consistency between the monsters or the types of scares. Right. Which early on I thought worked, but those were the two strongest elements of the scares, I thought. Like, at one point, yeah. you see uh, a shadowy figure of a girl wandering around, and then all of a sudden, you know, her face appears in front of the 
camera monitor that you're watching, uh, which I thought was cool because it was unexpected and it was, you know, playing with that point of view that is quite unique. And then, you know, later on, you'll see this massive sort of shadowy figure that when it walks by, it distorts basically the camera that you're viewing through again, Mm -hmm. playing around with that point of view. But then you get down to like the monsters that you fight and that's probably the weakest aspect of the game in that when you're getting in combat with these monsters, um, you they don't really get affected by your hits, right? Your melee hits. So yeah. you're swinging pipes, you're swinging wood, baseball bats and whatnot. Um, but they're spewing this sort of like noxious gas at you that really, you know, it'll kill you in a couple of seconds. But it, there's no real ebb and flow to combat. It's like you just stand there and you whack them until they die. And hopefully you have some flowers, which are basically the HP. Um, So combat, I thought, was kind of punishingly difficult to the degree that I could have done without it because it doesn't add much to the overall experience. But when you talk about, you know, being this homage to basically Silent Hill, um, they have the, the, you know, the staples there and they have them down um, to a degree. It's maybe just, again, understanding the narrative side of it, it, having a little more continuity there. But at the same time, uh, it might just be a limitation of, you know, design elements for the combat because it's like you have to have that enemies reacting to that or stumbling or being staggered every hit because otherwise they're just going to keep dwindling your health and it's, it's like seeing who can swing first basically yeah yeah and that, that, that is something that's afflicted many games in the past but you know if you don't show the right reaction in combat it's unsatisfying on a different level you know it's like i think uh, i agree with you in that combat feels unnecessary for this as it stands and it would just be better as an exploration piece and you know with a lot of discovery like that and especially with the way that you know the cameras and what they're doing with them really make it that kind of atmospheric piece so yeah again there's always things that um play into making these games you know in terms of like if it's time if it's like just doing something as an experiment like that then understand why you might just go well i only had about this amount of time or i was just trying to make a game based on this thing and that's generally where i see games like this where it's like maybe it was like an you know seed of an idea get something out that kind of shapes some of that in there and then see what you go i think the way it sort of ends would suggest that yeah that it is a focus on tone atmosphere first and maybe work on other stuff later or play into strengths i think is the best way to put it yeah and you know i would say in terms of their strength in terms of programming and design this also has some pretty impressive lighting and physics yeah Um, just you know fire as brief as as those moments are um i thought that those were two impressive little features to include into those bottom sections of the catacombs when you're exploring those that give it a little more uh, atmosphere to it. Cause the one thing, yeah. you know, the only sound in the game is sort of like a, it's almost like a VC a VHS tape being input yeah. and injected uh, when you're going into different rooms or when you're moving from different menus and there's no other sound in the game. Um, so I thought that, you know, the lighting definitely did a good job of at least capturing the essence of this dark catacomb where you turn a corner, all of a sudden there's a shadow monster there or something like that. Um, but yeah, you know, I thought from a design standpoint, this was surprisingly strong. And again, within a span of 30 minutes, give or take, and then just the size of the environment and the amount of detail that's there. Um, yeah, it was an impressive homage that, you know, it's not without some 
some issues, but I think it's a promising, uh, I think this was the second game, second or third yeah. game they'd made. Yeah, um, but so, it, definitely a, a promising continuation of a, uh, you know, a burgeoning uh, career in game dev. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think just to add to what you're saying about, you know, the lack of sound, quite an interesting choice. I think you know, it's, um, you could really play around with that a bit more, I think, given a bit more scope and make that, you know, you could make scares out of that lack of sound very easily. I mean, that's something you can credit this game with. It's not going for anything cheap and cheerful in terms of like, oh, I've run out of things to do, so I'm just going to throw something at the camera for you to end the game. You know, it's, they let it end as it ended, and that's probably the better way to do it if you're going to do anything at this point. But hey, so um, I would say that's it for this week. Uh, we're wrapping things up now. But as ever, if you are a developer of an indie horror game, demo, concept, or game jam entry, we'd love to hear from you. So you can drop us a DM at SaferInPod on Twitter or SaferInPod at gmail.com for email. If you'd like to be highlighted or interviewed on the show if you are a developer. So, um, Jay, it's been a pleasure as always. We'll see you all next week. In the meantime, we'll keep searching for more horror bites. <laughs>